hit my wife's dick out your fucking <laughs> Dude, that was uh, amazing. I think that the memes that have come out of that are some of the best I've seen. Yeah, I dude. was sending you some earlier. I've been, I've been kind of like, I, honestly, like I've been like self-destructively spiraling into just reading celebrity gossip off that. I think it's like it totally yeah, it's worked a on gateway me. or something. The Oscars worked on me. What an amazing clip, though! What an amazing happening in human history. Yeah, like you, because like they couldn't tell if it's a bit or not, or like if he's actually pit, if he's actually pissed off and. uh Chris Rock, he took it like a champ, and so Chris Rock was, yeah, he 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 was classy. Like I feel like he could have said more, but he didn't. So he didn't. you know what? That's classy. That's why I think it's. I think that's classy. Yeah, but at the same time, like I, God, I mean, it's just all such a. It's so fucking hypocritical. I feel like because like people like cheered Will Smith on for literally just like assaulting Chris Rock, but then like you know like fuck like I think uh didn't Sean Penn. I don't really I was just like Sean Penn beats the shit out of people I feel like yeah <laughs> probably but <laughs> let's talk about like at the Oscars Sean Penn went up one year and condemned George Bush for being like a war criminal and people were like boo get off stage you <laughs> suck and they see Will Smith beat the shit out of Chris Rock on stage like yeah he's standing up for Jada he's not standing up for it's bullshit man I just fuck Will Smith honestly no okay you, you don't have been thinking about this he's to recharge his data levels sorry no no he <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even I mean is he a sign I don't know I'm pretty sure he's a Scientologist but like no my, my thing about this and I, I keep coming back to him I feel like I've brought him up like every time that we've talked but it's like um, I think Kanye is like the sin eater of Hollywood <laughs> like he's the guy who goes out and acts worse than everyone so that they can pretend they're good you know it's oh, like he yeah. eats the sins of the whole village and then they all are absolved because of how terrible he is or whatever right. but they're all that fucking crazy like everyone oh, yeah. is con- like they're all kanye level like that was like a kanye fucking moment for will smith like he just like yeah punched a guy in the face then started screaming his head off you know what i mean, you know what I mean? it's like and you know like we live in a world where we expect kanye to do that but now everyone's gonna do that and i'm, I'm looking that. forward to that because will smith did it and we were like we we figured will smith was a honestly will smith's sort of a tragic character really i always figured he was a chill guy but then yeah like i spot like like i said i was like reading all this shit about him and i guess like he's um uh a cuckold he's basically a cuckold and that's (laughs) that's why i like he's just such a he's like a tragic sort of pathetic character well and also like okay like this is really mean but his kids turned out fucked up i did fucking i actually i don't think i hate i feel like jaden smith is like a caricature of like zoomers yeah like he's like i'm gonna be an inventor it's like shut the fuck (laughs) up oh my god what are you talking about yeah and like you know just like the i think the the way that he conducts i don't know man the way that he conducts himself on like social media and the sort of um he has a podcast we're, does c- we're competing with will smith in the podcast space will smith or jaden will I oh swear really to God, will has a podcast every oh, time will? i go to upload a podcast i get an ad for will smith's podcast i just feel like i feel like even though will didn't king richard that was some movie that he was in right he, did he win yeah. something 
No, he straight up won. And also, this is fucked up. Okay, so I didn't see either movie, but I, I bet Denzel Washington deserved to win over Will Smith. I like Probably. Denzel Washington's a better actor, and he was in fucking Macbeth. Yeah, directed by cool. a Cohen, which Direct- is actually really cool. No, it's a cool movie directed by like one of the living masters, and Denzel's a fucking like fabulous actor. Like I'm yeah. sure it was good. I'm sure it was too. I haven't I, again. I haven't seen either of them. I just like it seems even though like he just won an oscar culturally will smith is not the same powerhouse that he used to yeah i think mostly too because like you'd see like his shit come up like on like youtube oh will smith's hosting a new youtube series where he like oh yeah where he like eats food in like indonesia or something like i don't know he's just he's sort of dying (laughs) <laughs> he's sort of dying he needs to recharge those those thetas well no it's like dude like uh like everyone was saying like dude like he's in this like failed marriage with uh jada jada pinkett smith mm-hmm. but like how, like you could get out of the marriage if you want but you named your kids after each other like they're oh in so deep to like be like this like like perfect oh family. my god i didn't know that no, i didn't think about willow that. and jaden think yep, about it man. yeah 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 jesus that makes it makes me feel like an idiot but also like what a fucking horrible idea it's it's a real mess now man yeah anyways uh smith family welcome to fake radio yeah welcome welcome back everybody and uh as you might have guessed today we're talking about failure yeah the big f yeah well no and it's i I've, i've actually been i've been thinking about it a lot like what does it mean to fail in art what does it mean to be a an artistic failure yeah, because there's a lot of different things you could judge that by, like uh, just um, irrelevance. Yeah, well, or like uh, obscurity. Well, no, actually, I would draw a distinction there. I would draw my the first key distinction there because I feel like that is merely mediocrity. Right. Oh, okay. I think it takes like a special like a, like a, like it takes a real artist to actually fail. Like yeah. most people are like just merely mediocre, but the thing is, is like the bandwidth of like what they can accomplish isn't even that much better than what you're calling a mediocre failure. Like right. it could be a mediocre good thing that they did because like that's all they're capable of. That's like mm-hmm. just statistically got to be like ninety percent, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. It takes like a genius to be able to like magnificently gloriously fail. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause anybody can just sort of fall off. Yeah. Yeah. But like to, to have like a public meltdown or like, or just like, like ruin everything. Like the one I've been thinking about really, really heavily is uh death of a ladies man by Leonard Cohen, which like, uh, I don't know how like deep of a Leonard Cohen head anyone is, but basically like he'd put out these four, like it was like a virtuoso run of instant classic records. He was like regarded as like the successor to Bob Dylan, this incredible songwriter, this incredible poetic mind. And they were all these really stripped back, like, uh, like bare intense records of just like mostly him with acoustic guitar and a little chamber instrumentation, just like bearing his soul. And then he got really fucking famous off of it and did like the porniest album with Phil Spector <laughs> produced by Phil Spector. And it's like, it literally sounds like a porno soundtrack and it's, Dude, yeah, I, you send that to me. I haven't listened to it yet. Um, it's fascinating. That sounds great. No. And like the thing is, is I like it and I think it's like a noble. It's a, he did a noble thing. Just, making porn music <laughs> yeah no just like stepping out into the world and falling on his face like that oh, after everyone absolutely. loved him yeah because he, he could he could i mean he sort of did arguably but like he i mean he could rest on his like laurels of just being like a crooner and like making this sort of melancholy like male 
focused you know like songwriter yeah. music i still love leonard cohen that's like i love i think he's a great artist but like he could just do that his entire life so i, I would have to agree with you like to make something that spectacularly like bad or yeah. like <laughs> just like shitty and have it not be a commercial success whatsoever is i think that's awesome also uh hotel chelsea nights was about getting top from janet uh, uh janice joplin i was gonna say janet jackson <laughs> janet jackson yeah i know yeah that's usually <laughs> janet jackson too yeah it's a uh, pretty legendary to write an album about i would have to say no it's, it's it's a fucking incredible thing man but yeah i just like the more that i tried to think about it because i had like a few examples in mind right off the top of my head and i immediately texted jb about like the, the ones i could think of and then since then i've tried to like look for like more conversations like look for more people talking about it but what's fascinating is is that like in the world of art failure is like it's like the elephant in the room it doesn't exist it's not talked about because like the academic and the critical classes are like only there to like prop up what's good and making money like yeah. especially in music journalism it's like you know like the pan is kind of like a lost art form like in like the 2000s and 2010s people were like brutal and relentless even then though i think they were mostly attacking mediocrity but still it was like possible to yeah. like you know be like mean and be scathing and be shitty and like i think artists deserve that i think so artists i mean like 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 most popular artists like fucking suck horrible man, man. people most of the time most musicians especially they're some of the worst people yeah the but to like hear the critics say it it's not that this artist sucks it's that like they're incredibly politically important and then yeah <laughs> you need to be taking what they're doing they're uh they're um uplifting uh shitty artist uh perspectives <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> creating a platform for <laughs> so i don't know man it's it's just it's like a, it's a weird thing and like i think that uh you know i think that failure is sort of like uh the shadow like over like american life right now you know it's like we're yeah. all kind of increasingly aware that we lived in like a we live in like a failed state like failed way to organize a society you know it's like yeah. falling apart oh yeah and i think that's and that extends to uh either end of the political spectrum oh yeah yeah because yeah. it's like if you're if you're right you know if you're on the right it's like we live in this horrible libtard state where every you know it's just like there's a million things to critique if you're a conservative and then if you're like progressive or or leftist you automatically acknowledge that everything's like there's a lot of shit that's completely failed yeah also uh, I was really happy for uh, Trump because uh, he recently posted a video. Yeah. He was playing with like a bunch of like pro golfers and he got a hole in one. Wow. And you could like see how proud and excited he was. And I was just like, <laughs> uh. also, that's the guy whose perspective I want on Will Smith slapping the shit out of somebody. It was great. Will, look, listen. <laughs> it's not worth it. Chris Rock, I've dealt with him. You know, it's like, you know, I want to hear that. I want Trump like on the campaign trail, like just talking about this for like a half an hour. And it's great. And that's great. Yeah. But no, I can't do a good impression of him. No, Trump is kind of unimpressionable. Like, yeah. It's, well, like, it's hard. Like, sometimes you get people who can, but it's still not there. It's not there. The the trick I the, I can't remember which comedian said this. My buddy Ross put me on the like the key to his cadence is that he'll say something and then make up somebody who agrees with him. He'll be like, yeah. I had a really good steak. Tons of people are saying it's a great steak. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Everybody <laughs> you know? knows it. Uh, yeah, I love that. 
yeah uh, uh i fucking miss his like vibe dude it, i mean you know Hey, dude, Say what you, know you will what? about his presidency. No, you know what? Like what? Like things aren't getting better. Yeah, it's not like things are markedly like uh, so much better now under Biden or whatever. But like, it's just like, I mean, he was he was hilarious. Yeah, objectively, man. like pretty funny. Biden's like only funny. Like he is like I think a naturally pretty funny guy. Like he's like a charming person. I mean, come on, he's like a he's been a, he's politician, a politician for like he decades. Like, he, like yeah. yeah, like Bill Clinton was another guy like that who just like he could charm your fucking pants off. You know what I mean? But yeah. like Biden's like 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 he's too like on the leash. Like he's too on a leash to like be funny too often anymore. The only thing that's um, funny and I sometimes feel bad about it is when he has uh, his uh, dementia moments. Yeah, those are like good. when he like there's like a video of him like wa- I think he was like walking into some house or something, and he instead of walking, following the line of Secret Service people, he just kept walking past the doorway. <laughs> like, he was outside, and he's supposed to take a right, and he just kept walking straight, <laughs> or like falling down the stairs and shit. I mean, yeah. Well, and he also he came out and he like said a bunch of crazy shit about like Russia, Ukraine recently or whatever, and like that was like. You know, like the lib, like you know, intelligentsia, like they like lost their shit about it because they like he went like Vladimir Putin needs to be deposed. Like we need to regime change Russia, and it's like you know, like that's a pretty fucking insane thing to say. But also, like I don't take it that seriously. Yeah. Why? You know, it's like I you, I don't know, man. It like this war has been going on for a month now, like everyone's like like you know Kiev, like they haven't even come close to like actually capturing kiev yet because like we've just flooded the country with guns and you you know what also by the way I, I said this on the fucking first episode that like you know the u.s just flooding ukraine with guns is a bad idea and right now it's looking like it's working but it's i don't like long term i still think it's so fucked up it's like fucking like take take like like hold me to this but it's like right now they have like these shoulder mounted fucking rpgs and they're firing like you know missiles at tanks and they're holding off russia but like six months later or however much time later when the invasion's over like those guns are still going to be there yeah and you know people are either going to use them or sell them like which would you prefer you know it's like that's, it's, that's uh, bad. yeah isn't this uh the same situation that we found ourselves in uh many times yeah afghanistan we just had like a bunch of like tons and tons of tons and tons of weapons that we just gave to uh yeah yeah well like basically every like uh extremist group in the mid-east was like either like trained or armed by us directly or indirectly like going back to the fucking mujahideen but anyways all that is to say is that you know everyone was flipping out about biden saying all that shit whatever it doesn't matter like don't care like you shouldn't care that like the biden saying that shit like yeah it's pretty clear at this point that like you know the u.s is not going to do any more or less than they're currently doing like they're gonna keep the gun faucet fucking running for as long as they have to but like and they're gonna like you know talk a bunch of shit but like we're not gonna see like a fucking un resolution no you're talking about regime change in russia russia's on the fucking security council so i yeah there's nothing like none of this talk fucking means anything or is gonna go anywhere but biden came out and said recently like uh food shortages they're real they're coming back we're gonna have them <laughs> it's like really yeah dude they're and he's right man they're coming back we're gonna have them uh-oh well yeah because uh russia and ukraine um they uh they export like uh, a third of the world's fertilizer 
Oh, no shit. So, you know, if you want to grow some food. Uh-oh. Well, now it affects me. I actually care about it. Yeah, well, and they also, like, uh, Russia and Ukraine supply a bunch of um, grain to the Middle East and Northern Africa. Oh, and that's, uh, you know, not great for them. A uh, region known for its, you know, prosperity and political stability. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Food shortages would be great One of there. the most stable places. They can definitely, yeah, the, the very incredibly weak U.S.-backed governments that we've installed there can definitely handle that. Oh, for sure. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, failure, folks. Fail. We're, uh, failure. The world is on the verge of it. Failed state. Failed think, society. I'm trying to think. Of, so, other examples that came to mind when you were asking about failure. I think that the fall, in many ways, and part of why it's such an amazing band, is because it failed so many times. No, and th- that's noble, glorious failure. Like yeah. that was Marky Smith coming out and going, "I know you're gonna fucking hate this." Yeah. And, and like or like getting it. punched on stage by like two of his band members. So like several. That's not it, like just ha- literally like I think there was an interview that I watched with him and um, one of the I think it was his, his bassist or something. And and Marky Smith literally had a black eye. Like they tried nice. to cover it up with some makeup, but like the guy had punched him the night before, <laughs> and they went on an interview the next day, and you could tell that like it was weird like there was some weird energy and like marky smith sort of looked like a, a petulant like school child and the other guy looked pretty you know yeah well indicated. And me and you talk a lot about like the sort of like intellectual like artistic like the aesthetic legacy of marky smith because yeah. i think that like i know you think this even more so than i because you're like way you're way more up on these bands than i am but like uh like some of the most interesting bands of the last 20 years like were totally like like work in his image like oh, yeah hella into country teasers and fat white family yep and the those are artists who are like almost trying to fail and in doing so they're proving something and it's interesting right. and cool oh yeah absolutely that was i mean that was another thing that like both of those bands would be considered sort of failures well, like, in certain ways. I mean, especially now that things are fucking hyper capitalist, like commercially. Yeah. Yeah. Commercially failures. Um, you know, country teasers, uh, broke up pretty soon after they released another one of their albums, which is a damn shame, damn shame. And then, um, fat white family, like in 2016, they released, uh, songs for our mothers, which I think they toured half of it. And then Saul, uh, the guitarist in Fat White Family, was literally so addicted to crack and heroin that he uh, had to stop touring uh, and go to rehab. And, like, the whole band just fucking fell apart. Everybody, like, they've had, it's, like, almost the same as The Fall where they've replaced so many people in the band. Yeah, it's like a rotating door right, around exactly. the front man. And the front man, like, uh, I, I mean this in a good way, is, like, the Azalea Banks of white people. Like, he just, <laughs> like he just <laughs> picks fights with other musicians. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> no, I like it. Like, dude, like, people should be out here trying to piss off idols and Sleaford mods. Yeah. Well, they're actually, I think they're actually friends with Sleaford mods. Well, okay, no, Sleaford mods is like sleeper mods is one of those bands that i don't think anyone like i don't think i'll ever get it because i don't think i'm british enough to get it i don't think i'm british enough to get it either i've tried listening and it's like wow this is like really this is really british like i like i I used to be really into um irving welsh yeah um and i read a shit ton of his stuff and some other scottish sort of contemporaries of his but 
um and i was like oh i get this i could basically be scottish if i read this but then like <laughs> listening to sleaford mods or whatever it's like you know i don't actually understand any of this shit yeah at well, all. No, it's like i like even like aesthetically you know and you, you listen and then you like look into what people are saying and they're just like this is this makes me proud to be british and i'm just like it's fucking good like they're they're cool though no disrespect to sleaford mods but like also like idols i maintain like if you are in a position in society where you can get their attention, like it's like you should be trying to piss them off. And yeah, it's imperative it's that you try to piss them off. Yeah, and they and they honestly have done a good job without the help of of Leas um, mm. to just piss people off. Like yeah. they even like outside of the sort of critiques they faced from other sort of contemporary acts in you know England or whatever, they've faced a lot of criticism from the sort of uh you know progressive progressive i'm putting air quotes like right like now. guardian opinion columnists right exactly the 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 yeah the uh the crowd that they've managed to uh gain a lot of um love with yeah and i mean like i think that uh failure is like an interesting thing to talk about in the context of rock music anymore because i i think that like failure is kind of impossible within a dead art form you know it's like mm. if i wrote like a fucking symphony today and i put it out and no one cared is that a failure it's the not same really way? a failure just like because nobody you know yeah but like but at the same time there's still definitely ways that it's possible in the context of rock to like really like make an impression in that way and again like i think i think that we need more of this because i think like i also think it's like a sign of like vitality and boldness if like the artistic movement that you've like put your stock in and like put your heart into is like capable of producing like a wide breadth of aesthetic experiences and some of them are not going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think that like American rock is like, you know, we're just like wallowing in fucking mediocrity at this point. Like there's some really, there's some really cool, really vital artists. And I mean, there are, there are a few even like geniuses I would say. And it's like, I like, I don't think it's a sign that it's that he's mediocre mediocre to say that like John Dwyer hasn't put out like a bad thing in a decade. That's just yeah. like I'm just like he's just good. Like they're all that good. Oh yeah. But like everyone around him in like the Bay Area indie scene or like rock rock scene. The rock scene. Is you know, it's just kind of the same shit every time and you know, people care less and less every time. It's kind of mediocre. I think that uh there's way more room like hip hop is more alive and therefore there's more failure and it's more interesting. But at the same time, like the failures are so fucking like hilarious. Well, yeah, they're very funny. It's like, it's like hard to even talk. It's like, I mean, like, I don't know. Chance the rapper. Yeah. No, the big day by chance. The rapper is like the big, that's like probably like the biggest, like, obviously there's tons of mediocre rap music. The reason that everyone knows about the big day is because people liked chance. The rapper right and like everybody unanimously i i didn't find a a single person who thought that album was good and maybe that's just be i mean maybe it started somewhere it just spread like everybody just thought it was shit <laughs> because somebody else said it was shit but like even people who sort of were independent of like big sort of publications and people who didn't keep up with whatever people were like you know culture critics or whatever yeah were like this sucks like this is actually really bad <laughs> and uh you know and he was i loved i think the response from him was hilarious too because he was like fuck you guys <laughs> like, you know what also chance the rapper like cultivates the same like wholesome public figure vibe that will smith tried to cultivate yeah he does it's true you know he's like a he's a family man he's a wife guy just like will smith yeah I, yeah I, I mean, will smith's like a like will smith's like uh if 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 uh 
if Chance the Rapper, this is a little nerd reference for you guys, a little video game reference. If Chance, oh. if Chance the Rapper is a uh, Link, uh, Will Smith is like a uh, Dark Link. <laughs> Demon Chance the Rapper. Demon Chance. Yeah. Dude. Oh my God. Yeah. If I didn't love my wife, yeah, I punched Chris Rock in the face. <laughs> The other, the other, I think, sort of like a failure in rap that really sticks in everyone's craw, and I, I think people agree less about this one, but I would say is Kendrick Lamar with uh, "Damn." Well, and just like I think, I think it's deeper than "Damn." I mean, like you think about the fact that, like, between like uh, Section Eighty and "To Pimp a Butterfly," the guy was like everybody was like hanging on his every fucking word. Like, I mean, I remember like how much I cared every time he did something and everyone fucking like it was a big deal yeah up to the butterfly and then he put out to the butterfly and it was like it was beautiful and it was incredible it's still like a really fucking profoundly good record oh yeah absolutely it came out the same year as and i like this this is a band who i think we could also like talk about them as a failure or as not a failure death grips it came out in the same year as mm. jenny death yeah and i think those two records kind of like make it for a good sort of like a pair it's like they're kind of like they're kind of twinned similar themes similar ideas yeah even similar aesthetics to some extent there's they both have like weirdly i remember just weirdly there's a like points at both of those records where they both just say the word matador really weirdly and i was just like why the fuck <laughs> did they sync up on this i don't know that's a good question i haven't listened to jenny death and or to Baby butterfly in a, in a long time but i know when both of those came out um I listened to Tamimpa Butterfly. I wasn't on the Death Grips train yet. Fair enough, fair enough. But, you know, they're... Yeah, I would say that they're both pretty significant. Yeah, well, no, and then, like, Tamimpa Butterfly came out and, like, you know, like, the Hunter S. Thompson quote, it really, like, looking back feels like the like the peak of a wave and it just started receding after that mm. point. I think I probably said that about other things, like, on this fucking... I say that about everything. But, yeah. But seriously, I mean, it was, like, that record really felt like it encapsulated and summed up and just like tapered off to a point and completely fucking captured like the feeling and mood of the end of the Obama era mm. came out in like 2015. Yeah. You know, there was anger, but there was also hope. There was this great stylistic breadth and diversity. It was a celebration of all sorts of different kinds of music. You got this crazy team of people together, ranging from like flying Lotus to George Clinton to like, um, knowledge. Yeah to like robert glasper and like serious jazz players uh you know it was like Kamasi. yeah Kamasi was all over that yeah on for free and shit like was mm-hmm. fucking crazy yeah. and it's like he, the, the range on it was incredible it just felt like a celebration of like the power of music and of like transgressive art all, but that, but then that's the thing what made him a failure is that i think that it was like a false sort of image of transgressiveness like he revealed himself to be an army and revealed himself to just kind of be like aiming for the middle of the road with damn yeah and that's sort of the i think that's an interesting point too because you can apply this to, to any piece of art was like after you put out something that's so like poignant and sprawling big spra- huge and amazing where do you sort of go from there? You're going to have a dog afterwards. Yeah, well, You're no. You're a dog. Although, I will argue, though, I think maybe just because I got into them at this point, when I listened to... I listened to Bottomless Pit. I think that was the first Death Grips record I listened to. And I actually do enjoy that album to, like, you know, to a certain extent. I would say it's not on the same par as, like, some of the earlier ones, but... Um, 
Well, I think if people took Death Grip seriously, they'd be talking about them more the way that people talk about the fall now as like artists who are really trying to be transgressive, actually. Yeah. Like they're just kind of like a meme now. It's just like a certain kind of person likes Death Grips or like yeah. Death Grips is like a synecdoche for like angry, weird, edgy like taste. Yeah. yeah. But like if, if people like really engage with what uh, specifically Stefan Burnett was like saying, they'd be like, this is a, actually a really fucking intelligent guy who was making some interesting points about things. Yeah on like a ted k level <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a good point he can't he comes across very much like a ted k yeah you know but then like uh well yeah i, I guess you comparing you bottomless pit and dam is interesting too because they're both like these sort of like uh less ambitious pop records that followed up the big quote-unquote oh, masterpieces right and dam fascinates me because you know this is a guy who displayed like a true fluency of fucking musical history of songwriting of lyricism of poetry of whatever you want to say about him like i think that at that point you could have put him up there with like not many other people scott walker was alive joanna newsom as best living lyricists and then he turns around and makes this like fucking party ass fucking frat record right and that's sort of and you know it's funny too because i think in in high school when um that came out and i had it was like i felt like it's such a hipster thing to say almost but it's like you know it's like oh man it was way better before this this uh, this album sucks all the normies are on it or whatever but i i do think that there is something to be said for like it's like a it's a palatable and that was sort of the point was it's making you're making it palatable to a larger audience and you're compromising yeah a little bit same with death grips too because like death grips i listen to it as like uh, somebody who listened to like mac demarco and shit all the way in high school and like somebody who was very much like the stereotypical indie white kid no they've definitely put out like at least a couple of their records are records that a nice normal person could get into yeah like the money store and bottomless pit specifically are like not quite friendly but by death grip standards friendly records yeah and then i mean like after that kendrick like uh he put out this party record and it was kind of well received at the time but you don't i like you know it's like i don't think it really stuck for anybody and then the next thing he did was the fucking black panther soundtrack right he marveled up dude it's like that's so fucking lame that movie well, yeah. and like, and that's one of those things that like, uh, it really like broke my brain while it was happening, but now it's just completely over. And so I don't feel bad about it. I don't I, yeah. I'm not preoccupied by Marvel movies anymore. I'm not either. I, I think that, uh, rest in peace to Chad, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, no, he but, was like, no, what? Yeah. Like no disrespect to like any individual right. like actors. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, no, and, like plenty of like really talented people have worked on those movies. Cause I mean, like it's just a fucking money printing machine so much money and but it's just like i think uh i don't know but just like like it seems like now and maybe it's just sort of the sort of uh group that i've found myself in but just every time a marvel movie comes out you're like really like seriously yeah man again you guys are doing this again well and like this like leads like i mean like my theory about failure yeah failure back to fucking it, yeah it all leads back to failure all roads lead to failure <laughs> yeah that's true okay actually sorry continue i have, I have, a, I have an interesting point though no go for it okay for it. so riley and i are uh, sitting in uh in the uh, living room of riley and uh 
their partner's house. Yes. Um, and on the screen is Elden Ring, yes. which if you've engaged with Elden Ring at all, is the big one of the biggest sprawling games that this company from soft has made in a long time. Oh, it's so good. And I think that this is the end for them. You think? I think that this is, I saw a video that sort of, I, 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 I sort of echo a lot of the opinions that they have, but it's like, I don't know how you can get better than this. Like, I don't know where it goes from here except down, honestly. Yeah. Well, and that's like, that's the thing that like comes along. Like, yeah, that's, well, no, and this is what I was like, like, this is what I've been talking around because I don't know how to articulate since the beginning of this fucking conversation is that like failure is like a, a powerful, important, necessary thing. And it, like, it is the mirror image and shadow of like greatness and good work. Like it should coexist yeah. with beauty. And every time that I've encountered like a masterpiece in my life, especially when you've got that beautiful feeling of like keeping up with an artist that you can tell is in their prime there's always that fear in the back of your like mind in the back of your throat that like the next thing they do is going to fucking suck. Cause you're like, what could they do next? I find myself thinking about that, about like tons of artists that I love. I'm just like, what could they fucking do next? Right. You know? I think that, um, yeah, I mean almost a ton, so many artists, like you could apply that to any number of really young sort of like, I think in terms of we were talking about rock music being sort of, sleepy a little bit sleepy in the u.s a little bit dead. Uh, that's that's the word that i would use to describe it's definitely sleepy here but i think in in the uk there's like a huge sort of resurfacing of this like weirder obviously very marky smith but also not necessarily marky smith like a um, black country new road and yeah. and black midi and shit like that um but it's like where do they go from here you know they, they both just released these like masterpiece albums yeah like black midi and um uh squid too and squid. like recently and black country new road like all like released records that it's like what do you do next they're all so good all mastered by the same person no that makes sense um and uh like producing shit um but uh yeah it's like where do you go as a band from here other than like you know i don't know so it's it, it's i don't know it's interesting but I'm the thing is, is like it. failure is like what also like propagates the artistic life cycle. It's right, like, exactly. Because you know, they're going to fail probably. And then there's going to be something new and interesting that sort of comes from it. Well, no, every, every kid who was bitterly disappointed by their failure is going to turn around and like be energized to, to like try to do something cool. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, mo- like, like not like I'm like, maybe I'm just a catty bitch, but I feel like most of like at least a good bit of my like creative inspiration stems from one asking myself how I can improve on the stuff that I know that I like that I think isn't great or like where I think my favorite artists have failed is like, that's where I try to fit in, you know? Yeah. I think that's a good, I think that for any art, for any um, artist, that's a good jumping off point. Yeah, man. Well, and also, uh, this is like this is also a it's it's so nerdy to keep talking about elden ring but i think part of the reason that is so popular like uh and that people like it so much is because it's like one of those things that actually uh in its own very limited very like playpen fake you're just having fun way forces you to engage very seriously with the idea of failure yeah it does it's true it's a beautiful thing you know yeah it's pretty great i uh i would say that if you have the means and uh you're interested you should just do it because it's reached this weird um like status where it's it's saturated in a lot of different areas that it it 
that none of these games had ever gone before. I saw a clip of Trevor Noah make a very like making a very not funny joke about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, crafting healthcare policy is hard, like Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. This is yeah. so lame. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like a John Oliver. Yeah, they're oh, basically God. the same person. No, yeah, not. yeah, I was more of a John Oliver. <laughs> a little bit more of a John Oliver, but um, yeah, I mean it's it's. Uh, it's everywhere or like you know random people were like oh my coworkers started playing that game yeah no and it's like not many works of art like uh like i mean like i, I think we live in an age where like uh art like makes like the the value claim that a lot of artists make about their art about why you should like it and why it's valuable is because it's like supposed to be this incredibly like re- revelatory and like you know like i like beautiful statement of identification like it's supposed to tell you like by by like telling you who they are because that's all like the most that's all anyone's doing anymore like in literature it's auto fiction yeah in music it's like these fucking phoebe bridger songs where you just describe in vivid detail like the half hour you spent at a party and how it sucked but then there's like a kind of a catchy chorus but it's like all just like mundane banal details and it's like you you can find like uh big songwriters for like the big artists talking about how they have to adjust to this you know someone be like yeah or, you know i write for rihanna and i just have to make up like dumb shit <laughs> that she, yeah. you know just like, like really specific dumb shit that like happened to her but the thing is is like for all that like for, for like for all that that kind of art claims to be able to do for you and i think this is also true of auto fiction i don't fuck with auto fiction it's like it's just a fucking celebration of narcissism and like to the extent that you're going to engage with it it's just going to be like you're going to feel better about yourself because you feel like you've like accessed some kind of empathy or something but you're not actually like ever really having to engage or do any kind of like like be self-aware in any, it's not like way. any sort of real reflection yeah well no and me. failure forces you to reflect yeah absolutely um and the, that actually makes me think of um there's a show i was watching over over spring break which i recently had um, oh, college boy because i'm in college and uh one of the parts of the show was um actually mark man was in it uh, it's like this sort of weird episodic thing that takes place in Chicago. Oh, word. but it's like with a bunch of different actors and stuff. It's actually really cool. I, it's called easy. It's on Netflix. Um, and that's actually our sponsor today. <laughs> Just kidding. Netflix, <laughs> Netflix sponsored us the streaming service of failure. Um, but part of the thing was like, um, this guy, he played like Mark Maron plays this character who does like, um, graphic novels that are like from his perspective. So it's like about his, his first marriage and the love there. And then the second book that he put out was like, he cheated on his wife and it's all like actually really happened. So it's like all autobiographical or whatever. Nice. Um, but then like, there's like a woman who's like takes selfies and there's like this big distinction between like that. He was having this whole argument with them about like whether that counts as autobiographical work versus like drawing and like doing graphic novel stuff i thought it was interesting it was an interesting uh, discussion they had in the show well yeah and that leads to the broader point too that like increasingly like the only form left the form that's like eating all other forms is just like a vaguely autobiographical form of performance art where like nothing that a person's actually doing is ever like the like they're the only subject like co- like again coming back to him kanye is the best example of this yeah you know what i mean or like i've been watching woody allen movies it's like woody allen like maybe invented this shit man. Yeah, it's true. where it's like you know like like 
he might put out like a great movie or he might put out a complete failure of a movie or Kanye West might put out Jesus or he might put out fucking uh, Jesus as Lord. But the thing is, is like the subject is, and I'm not talking about the subject of the art. I'm talking about like the like meta thing, like the hyper object of it is fucking just him. It's just about the fact that he did it is the thing. Like it's like, like his life is performance art. Everything is subsidiary to that. And that's like increasingly the only way to be an artist anymore. Right. It's like, dude, like I can't wait for the fucking Netflix miniseries. Uh, that's like eight episodes. That's just all set at the Oscars and it climaxes with Will Smith. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, and it's like mm. played by Cuba Gooding jr. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like, uh, yeah. Like Will Smith's continuous, like he's like melting down. He's freaking out over. Yeah. It's going to be like a fucking Jada and will it's, you know, it's going to be called Jada and will swear to God. Jada and will be calling it right now. It's going to come out on Hulu in like two to three years. Yeah. You can watch it on Paramount plus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can watch it or like uh, voodoo or whatever fucking weird streaming service. Dude. I, I actually hit up voodoo recently to watch bullets over Broadway. Yeah. It's a good movie, man. I, uh, I really want to watch it. There are a few new movies that I want to watch. I actually wanted to watch, uh, I was just editing this, this article for one of the, one of the reporters that, um, I edit articles for. Tell me all about it. Be <laughs> very mean. <laughs> and, uh, um, she did a review of that movie fresh. You heard of that? Uh, it's like this movie about, um, this guy who like, chops up women and like doesn't kill them that like just chops off like arms and like legs nice and then like cooks them and like feeds them to people nice like to buyers yo loki that's kind of hot it sounds really i heard it's like really campy and like fun and terrible yeah um i don't know how we got to this point i don't know why i'm talking about this but I, it sounds fun we were talking about good movies anyway. well the women in that movie, the movie is clearly clearly failures yeah, they're failures because uh, they got got. <laughs> so uh, do better next time. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It's, I don't know. Uh, yeah, what's your like? I, I I'm still trying to think about it because I like I I really did try and research like just other sort of like uh like discussions of failure and like analyses of like works that are regarded as failure. And there's there are plenty, but it's like uh it thins out as you enter the modern era. I mean, like it's fascinating because like the 20th century, like the, the point that like the points where so many art forms that are now in like terminal fucking decline started were with these like beautiful failures. Yeah, it's true. I, I, um, you know, I was thinking about it and I think it's like the word failure can apply to so many things. Like it can obviously be like, Oh, this was actually just like shit and there's no content here. But like, um, I thought an interesting one, which, um, you know, it's so is a uh, grave of the fireflies. Yo, it's a good ass movie. Like really, really good movie. Right. But I think if you talk to a lot of, um, studio Ghibli lovers, like, Oh, I didn't like it. It was sad. Yeah, it was really sad. It was just like, I don't understand why they, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I just, I, it's, uh, it was such a different direction for like any I, I don't know i mean i don't know i don't know if i consider that a failure but i would consider it alienating your audience pretty heavily yeah. you know what i mean because people watch studio ghibli movies because they're sort of at least most of them have somewhat light-hearted fantasy themes that that movie is just like pff, whoa well most people like like studio ghibli to the extent that they're like like arrested development ass man children oh absolutely yeah that's another thing and the, but they don't want to yeah i mean the studio ghibli tattoos that i've seen in seattle 
Yeah, it's like Boy, a forty-year-old guy with gray hair being Ugh. like, "My neighbor Totoro." <laughs> yeah, it's a little Totoro thing on his wrist. Yeah. Mm. Well, and also, you know, uh, Pixar is in a in a much more open, flagrant way, just actually a failed thing now too, yeah. as far as like Arrested Development, male man children stuff goes. Yeah, and they um, man, I confuse Pixar and DreamWorks all the time, but I'm pretty sure Pixar just put out some movie about a panda turning red yeah my sister wanted to watch that with me and i was like i'm gonna make fun of it the entire time but i'll watch it with you and uh but apparently it's facing a ton of like criticism from that sort of audience for how they they were like this is too real like the the woman in this is is acting too mature for her age it it was just weird Uh, man i don't know so it's the opposite of a woody allen problem yeah it's the opposite of what it's like over representation yeah also i you know what i fucking like woody allen me and jb had a long conversation about it <laughs> yeah i uh i haven't seen anything yet but i i am probably gonna watch some woody allen movies this he's week. good as hell man and no the thing we were talking about that like i think is some real shit and like artists take notice of this some of the best artists in like history are like you know canceled's not really a thing anymore but they're like not being engaged with they're out of the public fucking consciousness aka people our age haven't ever seen a woody allen movie so you can steal from it steal from it make something incredible no it's like these are the these are going to be the secret weapons of like all sorts of great artists who like posture is incredibly progressive you know what i mean and like you know since it's like just something as lame as artistic inspiration or whatever you never have to like they'll never have to cop to it like you could do it you never have to cop to it oh yeah like in indie i mean like in indie it's happening in indie 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 oh shit failure dude hipster runoff you know what hipster runoff no dude uh, (laughs) this shit is so crazy man it was like the best fucking blog of the blog era Oh really? It was a blog. Yeah, you added a blog, man. I mean, like, it's well, yeah, like, I know, part of but blog it's like, history. Ooh, yeah. I haven't been on a blog and uh, since Tumblr was. Well, thing. no, we were like, you know, like rock is only arguably a dead form. Blogging is a very that shit is conclusively dead form. Yeah, well, that's true. But anyways, hipster runoff was like the best one. Like, I'm just like, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like. I think it was really influential on like how a lot of the more interesting people of today still think and talk about things like for instance uh, the Twitter account drill pretty much writes in the style of hipster runoff. I love drill. No that's like you'd like hipster runoff. Yeah okay. He just relentlessly like he was like the Perez Hilton of pitchfork indie. He'd just be like, like Grimes shows off her bikini bod, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like shit like that. But it was also there was like really like incisive criticism, not just of art, but of sort of like, I don't know, almost like it was almost like critical theory. It was like reading like Marshall McLuhan, but in like text speak or whatever. It was like really fucking weird and interesting and cool. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, he just sort of came out and said, look, I'm just a failure. Like it's a failed project. Like it, like it ended very, um, unceremoniously, like in like 2012 or something. He basically just said like, okay, it's over. I'm like putting up the blog. Like I'm putting up the domain name, domain name for auction. Like it's for sale and I'm never going to do anything with it again. And he sold it and he walked away. I want to find it now. But recently Grimes came out and said, no, like I hacked him and blackmailed him and made him go away. 
uh sure you did grime no dude she straight up no because he posted a picture of her um like she was like at like there was this other blog that was just like posted pictures from parties in new york and a bunch of pictures of grimes came out there's like her like making out with a girl and like sucking on a titty <laughs> or whatever <laughs> nice and the hipster runoff had this great post about her where it's like is grimes trying to aim for indie bros and communicate that she's chill by being quote unquote down to suck on a nip like you know, <laughs> just like it was fucking awesome but she got really mad and she hated it and so she literally like her the story she told is that she had like a game developer friend of hers ddos him and oh, basically dude. blackmail him and say like i'm not putting the site back up until you agree to take it down and so he took it down and then the site went back up but it never recovered and the archives were shot so it's actually really hard to like find archives Whoa. of it or anything and it's gone and i think i like i feel like it probably had a lot to do with him being like you know what fuck this <laughs> yeah it's probably not worth it at that point but that's actually really funny yeah i don't want to fuck with grimes i would rather live in a present that still had uh carl's was the guy who ran hipster runoff than the present that has present day grimes yeah we still have drill though yeah but i'm not even on i don't even know i'm not even on twitter anymore he just does like he does like it's it's just a it's like beautiful absurdist shit like the last time i opened up twitter in my life like i think the one of the last tweets i saw was just like a tweet from drill that was like news flash a demon exploded <laughs> and i was like that's a good one to go off on, a good one to go out on and i just nuked the account and i'm off it now and i'm i'm never going back man i'm never getting back on that shit unless someone yeah, makes fair. me get back on that shit i'm not getting back on that shit yeah i haven't been back on i haven't been on twitter in a long time but i think the the last tweet that i remember from him was it was just it was like asterisk hits you with shovel hits you with shovel hits you with shovel <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty good man it was just like a hundred whatever the character limit was with just that hits you with shovel yeah yeah i'm telling you though and like okay and, and like carl's is another one of those guys because like carl's like hipster runoff it was if it was around today like it would be like like he would be like people would be relentless towards him because he was just like so casually problematic <laughs> really <laughs> yeah no and it was <laughs> like it, that was part of the charm and honestly like musicians and artists in general should feel a little more threatened and more like they have to defend themselves yeah it's like dude if you're like if you're like some like you know like daughter of a fucking coca-cola executive and he buys you a pitchfork feature and they just go this is the most important artist ever because she's really like raising bisexual awareness and then you go on tour and you have like these stands and they come out and they like cry and they show you their tattoos of you it's like you think everyone loves you it's like everyone doesn't love you yeah <laughs> yeah nobody yeah someone should be someone should remind them of that you know what i mean we need we need carl's back dude i i unironically straight up really heavily think i think that that, that form of of what just like criticism is is so like it's so perfect it was perfect back then and it's perfect now because it's like the same with like the onion or like um you know shit like that yeah where yeah. it's like you literally just read a single headline you're like oh yeah that's good yeah i get it and it's like i mean also we like i think satire is like pretty dead post trump like i don't know how to satirize like the the moment now yeah but at the same time like you know it's never been easier to make fun of what the culture industries are fucking doing it's like everything is so run down and decrepit like movies suck like major label records suck dude did you like i mean i know you are like this is so far off your radar like you don't care about this shit but the new charlie xcx album sucks so hard dude she's hot though 
yeah dude i mean what a, yeah and she's trying to get with the chill chill indie guys <laughs> <laughs> no 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 she's not she's straight up not she's trying to get with the crypto nft she has nfts she's trying to get with the angel investors yeah um no Pop i haven't angel. listened to it I, I i'm not really plugged in like riley said but i i feel like maybe i should be i mean like it's it's like only interesting like oh, like I know that like you know I like it was hard and fast about this distinction between like mediocrity and failure but when the whole industry can only produce mediocrity those individual works are merely mediocre of course but the industry in of itself is a failure it's a failure yeah yeah because you have every tool that you could possibly have and you still can't make something that's amazing yeah and it's just it's so hard to like it's impossible to demonstrate because something like the music industry right now like no matter what even as it's like ever so slowly trending downhill it's still like someone as big as charlie xcx is still going to sell out every day she sells if only because like bots are going to buy the tickets to scalp that's still money in her pocket man yeah you know what i mean and that's still money in the record label's pocket you know what i mean yeah and, and like who knows how many people actually cared who many who knows how many people actually buy those scalped tickets but they get bought yeah same thing with like uh vinyl record sales i bet it was scalpers who bought like all the taylor swift uh mm-hmm. red her version dude yeah you know what i mean and it's like so so like the no, like the numbers are never going to tell us anything about whether they're doing well or not what's the same with like books like new york times bestseller oh yeah that's you know, like bullshit they'll buy fifty thousand copies of the book whatever well yeah and it's also like that's gonna be like like a uh, cormac mccarthy up until blood meridian that only sold like to like a five thousand copies total of anything he'd published seriously there, and like that was in the 60s to 80s there's just fucking no money in books yeah and books are the the, the best thing i mean that's the highest form of art in my opinion like literature it could include like it encompasses everything else yeah except maybe music that's what like i, I think literature is like the highest form of art music's my personal favorite right music is like the least logical it's like the most semiotic and hard to communicate anything about yeah i would i would agree with you there i would also say uh you know charlie xcx is pretty hot but not nearly as hot as uh oh my god it's that woman from great gardens little Edie. little Edie. I'm trying to listen to the new Little Edie album. I got, I got my, uh, I got my brother to watch some of Great Gardens with me when I was back. Yo, JB, it sounds to me like you're being a little insensitive about Little Edie's alopecia. <laughs> it sounds like Will Smith needs to break into my house and beat the shit out of me. Big Edie was right to slap the shit out of Chris <laughs> Rock at the Oscars. <laughs> Big Edie. Yeah, man. Anyways, I don't know. You got anything else you want to? I, I think that's it. All right. Well, sorry this one was late. Yeah, this one was a little late. This is my bad. It's my fault. Yeah. All right. Catch you next time. Thanks, guys.